Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. This morning we are continuing uh, our 2020 theme, Every Word. How about we go ahead and all together read our memory verse for the year. Let's do it. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We live by every what? Every word. How about we read it in Spanish? La gente no vive solo de pan, sino de cada palabra que sale de la boca de Dios. All right. And I skipped as usual. The reference, Matthew, Mateo, 4-4, very good. What are we going to do this year? What are we committed to? We are going to read. Scratch, let's do that again, all right. What are we going to do this year? We're going to read every word of God together in 2022. ¿Qué vamos a hacer? Leer cada palabra de Dios juntos en el 2022. Man, you guys are really good at that Spanish one. That was really, really good. I am impressed. If you've been with us for the past uh, few weeks, you know we've been learning about how faith works, right? And what started, well, what, what I thought was probably just going to be a message about how faith works has sort of become an unintentional series of messages on how faith works. And we're going to continue it today. Uh, I, I think we're going to finish it up either today or next Sunday. But uh, we're going to see what happens, right? If you were here last Sunday, you know we'd, we only got through about half of the message because the Lord was just really speaking some stuff and we didn't want to rush it. So we're going to kind of pick up. Where we left off last Sunday, I, I just have a question for you as we get started. Have you ever heard of an opportunity, a good opportunity, but you didn't make the effort or make the time to look into it or do anything about it? Let me ask you again, because I know that some of you just stuff just popped in your head. But have you ever heard of a good opportunity, but then you didn't? Take the time to actually look for it, to look into it, or make an effort to do something about that opportunity? Okay. Anybody thinking of anything? And, 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 and so because you, you heard of the opportunity or you knew about the opportunity, but you, you didn't take time to look into it or to actually make an effort to do something about it, you missed out on it. Come on, I don't know about, I mean, I don't know about everybody in here, but that may have happened to you with a job. <laughs> Anybody ever heard of a good job opportunity, but you didn't take time to look into it or to make an effort to do something about it and somebody else got the job instead? Yeah? That, that may have happened. Um, you know, I can think of, of a silly one, but uh, we have uh, T-Mobile, and this is not a commercial for T-Mobile, but, you know, they have T-Mobile Tuesdays. I know there's T-Mobile Tuesday every single Tuesday, right? I've heard of it. I've heard of these opportunities. They have all these discounts and free coffee and donuts and discounted Braves tickets and all this kind of stuff every T-Mobile Tuesday. I don't ever take the time to look into it or make any effort to do anything about it. And then I hear of people who got like all these discounts and stuff because they did. I'll tell you of a time that that, I, that we actually did look into something, and this has changed not only my life, but our church. For many years, I, 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 I felt like God wanted to use me and wanted to use us to do something in Cuba. And uh, that was kind of impossible when I began to feel it and, and, and pray about it and think about it. But I just began to ask God, God, let us do something in Cuba. Use us somehow in Cuba. And then I heard of an opportunity. And the opportunity was through this global church planting organization called Surge. Everybody say Surge. If you're around here long enough, you'll hear a lot about Surge. But Surge plants churches all over the world. And I heard that they were very strategically planting lots of churches in Cuba a few years ago. And so I said, 
well, I've been asking God to allow us to do something in Cuba. I better take the time to look into that, right? That might just be the opportunity that God is putting in front of us to, to be able to be used by God to do something in Cuba. So I began to look into it and found out that we could partner with Surge to plant churches in Cuba. And so we did, right? We didn't just look into the opportunity, but if you were here with us, I believe it was in uh, 2017 when we started this, either 2017 or 2018. We said for Christmas, this was the, in the middle of the summer, I think of 2017, for Christmas, we're going to plant churches in Cuba for Jesus, Christmas present, Yes. And we believed God to plant three churches. And by Christmas, I believe we had planted four churches in Cuba. That year, we ended up planting more. And not only that, we began to have the opportunity to go to Cuba and then to take teams to Cuba. And now in Counter Church, we have our own ministry down in Cuba. But I just think. If all I had done was wanted to do something and then just heard about that opportunity and just sort of blown it off, what would have happened? See, sometimes that's what our faith is like. Sometimes faith looks just like that. We hear of an opportunity, something that God is giving us, an opportunity that God is giving us, but sometimes we just don't take the time to look into it, to look for the answer. Or then, when we even know what the answer is or the opportunity is clear, we don't take the effort, make the effort to do anything about it. Have that, has that ever happened to you in your life? Who wants to know how faith works? Like, how faith actually works. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to just have faith. I want my faith to do something. I don't want to just feel faithy feelings and just have, I don't know, high hopes and positive vibes. Sometimes all our positive vibes do is vibrate us. No, I want a faith that actually works to get some results. How about you? And so we've been looking into this. How does faith actually work? And if you've been with us, you're going to know the first couple of answers. The first step of faith, right? Because we don't want to just have any faith. We want to have the God kind of faith, right? We want to have the Bible kind of faith, right? What is the first step that we often overlook? The first step of faith is that we must first know and understand what? God's what? God's will. Biblical faith is based on the, on the will of God. We're not allowed to just use our faith for whatever, right? For just whatever we feel and whatever we want. True biblical faith is based on the will of God. So it's so important. We're going to come back to that a little bit more today. But once we settle in our heart, once we find out what the will of God is, then what's the next step? We have to ask. Very good. We have to ask. And there, there, there are times when we know what God says and maybe what God wants, but we just don't ask Him for it, right? What happens when we don't ask? We don't get. Very good. All right. We'll come back to that a little bit as well today. When we started to touch on this a little bit last week, and we're going to go more into it today. But once we know God's will and we ask for it, what's the next thing we have to do? Seek, right? We begin to seek. We begin to look for it. You've been listening. All right. Very good. We begin to look for the answer because we believe it's been given, right? We're going to come back. And really focus on that one today. And then finally, I think we're going to get to step four today. I think that is the goal, all right? But once we're seeking the answer, when we find the answer, then what do we got to do? That's right. Got to do something about it. All right. Are we ready? Let's go with this. All right. So just uh, a brief review, Ephesians 5.10, we learned um, a lot about this last Sunday. Ephesians 5.10 says, 
carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Other translations say carefully determine the will of God. If the Bible says we can determine the will of God, can we determine the will of God? Absolutely. God does not hide his will from us. It's there just waiting to be determined. Okay? And it's something that we cannot do haphazardly. We can't just assume things are the will of God. In fact, we've said this again, uh, again and again, and I'll say it one more time. Not everything that happens is the will of God. And, and I know that there's been a, a sort of a struggle with this, right? Because it goes against the way we've been taught, the, the way we often think that just everything that happens is the will of God. Not everything that happens is the will of God. It always gets quiet there, that part. Everything that happens has a purpose. Well, yes. But that's often a cop-out for just, oh, it just was what God wanted instead of, I could have done something about it. Right? We see many examples. We've gone through this. Go back and listen through the past few weeks, these teachings. I don't have time to go through all of it again, right? Because <laughs> we'd get stuck on that. But there's so many, so many instances throughout the word of God where things happened that weren't the will of God. But God's will is bigger than when his perfect will doesn't happen in everyone's life. He somehow takes everything and still somehow can cause it to work out for his will, right, and for our good. But not everything, not every circumstance, not everything that, not even every result, even sometimes when we've prayed, we just assume, well, I prayed and that's what happened. That must have been what God wanted. Not necessarily. I found sometimes I wasn't praying right. Again, okay, I better move on because we could go there all day again, all right? But we learn that there's, there is a way to discover, to discern what pleases God, the will of God. And we learn, I, I, I'll just briefly hit them one more time. The primary place we can discover God's will is through His Word. That's why we are committed to always reading every word of God. We find His will in His Word. And also, if you are born again, you have somebody now living on the inside of your spirit. Who is He? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. Right? Who, what He does is He repeats the Word of God. Right? So we don't just have it written, but we have the very essence of the Word of God, the, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, and He reminds us and repeats the Word of God to us so that we can know the will of God. He also gives us special gifts, like visions and dreams and prophecy and other things I don't have time to go deeply into today. But there are gifts of the Spirit that help us to determine the will of God. Now, besides the Word and besides the Holy Spirit, there's one more way that the will of God gets revealed and confirmed. It's through the, the church. That's right. God uses his people to reveal and confirm the will of God. Now, quiz. Pop quiz. If a person of God says something, they believe something is the will of God, but it's not clearly reflected in the word of God. Right. Okay. These three go together. The primary way is the word of God. Because the spirit of God will only always speak according to the word of God. And then we, the church, need to make sure we got the word of God in us. And that we are in touch with the spirit of God. So we can also reveal and confirm the will of God. Okay, look up here. Can you know the will of God? Can you know the will of God? Yes. In fact, if we want to truly operate in real faith, we've got to know the will of God. All right? 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, and we are what? Confident that he hears us whenever we ask him anything that pleases him. 
I'm not confident that he hears me whenever I just ask whatever. I'm confident that he hears me whenever I ask something according to his will. That's right. Okay. I'm sorry. Go back to that again. And, sorry, <laughs> since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. It's not enough to just know what pleases him. We have to ask for it. And if we know what his will is and then we ask for it, we know he hears us. And he doesn't only hear us, but he grants the answer, right? He gives the answer. Mark 11, 24. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and we've already established that anything isn't just anything, right? This is, this, this is in the context of what we've already learned, what Jesus had taught about how to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, all right? So I tell you, you can pray for anything according to the will of God, right? And actually other uh, other uh, renditions of this verse and gospel say you can ask anything according to my will, okay? And if you believe that you've, if you believe you will receive it, no, 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 let's go back to the beginning. You can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have, you've, you have received it, past, and actually, the tense is more like something that's in the present because it already happened in the past. I forget what that's called. Past continuous, maybe. All right. Thank you, Teacher Liz. All right. It will be, come on, say, it'll be mine. It is mine because it's already been done. That's exactly right. Why? Why is that? Because we walk into the answer the Father already gave us. Oh, we're we're, we're going to get more into it in the seeking and knocking part of it. But if we ask and he heard us and we know he heard us and the Bible says ask and you shall receive. Jesus said if I ask... And I believe I received it. That means that when I ask, I believe he heard me and he answered. See, we don't have to ask hoping one day the Father will answer. That doesn't mean you know the answer right away. Because we've got to do the seeking. We're going to get there, right? But you can know, you can be confident that when you ask the Father, he heard you and he already answered. The answer has been provided. The answer has been granted. The answer has been given. It's out there somewhere. Right? We just got to go looking for it. And now we're going to get to seeking it today. Let's go back to Matthew 7. And uh, as we read through this, you, you, you guys know the drill. When I pause, you say it as loud as you can. Ready? Keep on. And you will. What you Keep on, and you will mm. keep on, and the door will be for everyone who receives. Everyone who seeks does what? Finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be your parents. Got any parents out there? Even if you're not a parent. I'm sure you love children. I expected a bigger amen on that. We not, not, might need to do some more discipleship. You parents. Okay, we'll go with parents. <laughs> if your children ask for a loaf of bread. Okay, even if you're not a parent, you've had parents. You've been children. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. 
If you said yes, you need help. <laughs> it's fine. We can help. So if you're sinful, and the implication here is imperfect people, imperfect parents. We got any imperfect parents out there? Even if imperfect people, sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who just believe in him? No, to those who ask him. So we've gotten through the, 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 the will and the ask part, and I'll say it again in here in just a second, but... I want you, maybe, maybe you don't want, I'm going to write this down. Matthew 7, 7 through 11 is a progression, not a repetition. This passage is a progression, not a repetition. I will be honest and say for years I read this and thought it was a repetition. I thought when Jesus taught ask, seek, knock, he was just using three different words to say the same thing. Right? But that's not really the way it works. It is actually a progression, ask, then seek, then knock. Okay? Come on, say, it's a progression, not a repetition. Because often what we do is repeat, 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 repeat. But we don't progress, progress, progress. This is a progression. Okay? So let us progress. Hold on, wait, what's the first step in how faith works? We've got to know what? God's will. And then we just, we can't just know God's will and assume it's going to just happen. We've got to ask. But then we have to do some seeking. To seek, to seek means to look for. Get this. To seek means to make an effort to find. <laughs> to search for. And this is my favorite one. To seek means to discover. To discover. Now, can you discover something if it wasn't there? No, we only discover what's already there. We only discover what's already there. Remember the Father, we believe we received it when we ask. It's already there. Okay? We, we can only discover what's already there. But seeking actually implies some action. <laughs> some, some, some work. A little bit of work. Now, don't get weird and religious about it. I don't mean we got to work for the answer. No, no, no. We have to work to find the answer that's been given. If you believe God has answered your prayer, anybody believe that? Does anybody believe the Father hears you and answers when you ask him? If you believe God has answered your prayer, start looking for the answer. Let's start making an effort to discover what's already there. Father gives us whatever we ask according to his will. But the only way we shall find is if we look, if we seek. In fact, if you don't seek it, you won't find it. Listen, this is so important. Even if it's already there. Well, I believe the Father hears me and he answers me. Yes. How many answered prayers have been right out there, but we haven't made the effort to go find and discover the answer. And so we didn't get the answer even though the Father granted it. Jesus says, is teaching us something very, very important here. This is a progression. We have to know the will of God and we have to trust him enough to ask him for it. But once we've asked him for it, we have to trust him enough to believe the answer's been given and, and trust him enough to go out there and look for it. Now, you're not looking to give the answer yourself. You're looking for the answer that's been given. Newsflash. 
This was a newsflash to me. I'll never find what I'm not looking for. <laughs> the only thing you'll find without looking for it is trouble. <laughs> Actually, it finds you. <laughs> That's right. But we only find what we're looking, we only discover what we're looking for. Yeah? Now listen, I'm not saying that God and his goodness and his, so his sovereignty, look, I am not looking for my next breath. There are some things that are just granted because of God's common grace, his goodness to everyone, right? I'm not necessarily looking for my next breath, I just receive it, right? There are some ways that God blesses us and, and, and does things that we're not looking for. But when it comes to faith, I don't need, listen, I don't really need faith to take my next breath. Right? When God decides that's over, it's over. Right? I mean, it's okay to, like I said this last week, it's okay to ask for more. <laughs> right? But there's some things that are just, they're just, they're just common grace. They're just God's goodness. You know, the Bible says that he causes it to rain on the good and on the bad, right? But that's not faith. Faith is actually not just believing in God, but believing God. It's believing what he says. And if I believe what he says, his will, then I can ask him for it. And if I believe that he hears me and he answers me, my next step is to get my booty out there and look for it. Seek it. Yes? Some of you are looking at me like, I think I get that. Let me give you, let me just break it down a little bit. How about a job? Say, I believe it's the will of God for me to have a job. I believe that too. I said, I don't need a J-A-B, a job, right? Does anybody need a job? Well, it's one thing to know God would like to bless you with work. It's another thing then to what? Well, first you need to do what? Ask. But once you've asked, do you believe God has the power to provide a job? Yes. So once you've asked and you believe that you've received it, what, what do we got to go do about the job? Go look. Go look. Lord, give me a job. I'm waiting for it to just fall in our lap. Oh, and then if jobs fall in our lap, I don't like that. That, I studied too much for that. I, I, I'm not appreciated over there. Oh. Talk about it, talk about it. All right. How about a spouse? And some of you are called to be single, but most of you are called to eventually be married. And if you're married, you're called to stay married. Shatalaba. Come on now. Sometimes it needs some shatalaba. Lord, I believe you want me to get married. I ask you. I ask you. Uh, this was my prayer. I ask you for a, a, a pretty girl that's shorter than I. I seriously prayed that. Very specifically. Come here. Come here. She's got on heels and still, look at here. Thank you, careful. I didn't just ask. I see, I, I seeked. I sought her. You know what? She'd been right there in front of me for a long time, but I wasn't looking for her. Oh! <laughs> then I had to knock, but we're not to knock yet. We're going to go. All right. Lord, it's your will for me to be healthy. 
Make me healthy, Lord. And then he's like, okay, here's how. But we're not looking for how. We got to look for the answer. And then we got to knock. We'll get there. All right. Fine, Lord, I believe it's your will to bless me with lots and lots of green stuff. Money, 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 money. And God's like, I can handle that. Actually, that is his heart to bless us, right? To bless us, to provide our needs so we can also bless others. It is his will. Can we ask him, God, is it okay to ask God for money? Yes, you better believe it. You better be asking for it. But it's one thing to just ask for it. It's another thing to go, God, I'm going to go look for how you are going to give me this money. Which often goes back to the job. <laughs> but oftentimes it goes in way more than that. He will provide other ways of blessing us. But we got to be looking. You know, I'm 41 and I know that I'm not the oldest in the house. But I'm sure that those older than me can uh, attest to this. Money has never just fallen into my lap. Never. Now, God's blessed me way beyond my wildest dreams sometimes, more than I could ever ask or imagine, but I was asking for it. <laughs> but I was looking for it. How about this one? A lot of us pray this one. God, I know, I know it's your will to use me to win souls to you. Well, I know it's your will. Then let's ask him, God, use me to win souls for Jesus. But then we've got to actually go do what? Look for the souls. <laughs> normally they don't come. We normally have to go get them. I promise they're out there. Jesus says the harvest is ready. But the laborers are few. Go. We've got to go look. Jesus, I know it's your will for, for, for me to make disciples. Jesus, use me to make disciples. It's his will. We ask for it. But then what do we got to go do? I mean, Jesus himself went out and looked for his own disciples. How much more we got to go look for them? Just waiting around for somebody to start following us. Ain't nobody wanting to follow you. You got to give them a reason. One reason is you're going to look for them and let them know how much God loves them. Let me show you. Oh, Lord, I believe we're in the last days. It is your will for revival to come. And he's like, uh-huh. It's in his word in the last days. I'll pour my spirit on all kinds of people. Young and old, visions and dreams, signs and wonders, all that. It is his will. And we ask for it at Encounter Church. If anybody bugs heaven about revival, it's us. We ask for it. And we're going to keep asking for it. But it's not enough to just ask for it. We have to look for it. We have to make room for it. Let me, let, me, let me go even more detailed with this. Let me give you a couple of very quick examples. Look at, uh, uh, I about said third Peter. <laughs> Second Peter 3. Second Peter 3, verse 9. Second Peter 3, verse 9. I think, I think we might have it. It's coming. I'll just begin to read it. I think they'll have it on the screen here. Just here we go. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. As some people think. No. He's being patient. For your sake. And for anybody who dares to believe something as silly as predestination that God made some people to go to hell and only some people to go to heaven. That's heresy, okay? He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. It's God's will. It is God's will for everyone to be saved. Now, is everybody saved? 
No. But is it his will? So we know that. So we know it's God's will for everyone to be saved. Next thing we need to do after knowing his will is we ask God. Think of somebody that you know that's not saved. Just think of it right now. Somebody that is far away from God right now. Think of their name. Now ask, ask God. God, save, fill in the blank. What's the next thing? Seek their salvation. Seek their salvation. Go to them. Talk to them. Share your testimony with them. Pray with them. How about Matthew 28? How about Matthew 28? 18 and 19. We got that one? Some of you have this one, know this one by heart. Matthew 28, verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. uh, The Son of Man would be, is this 28, Matthew 28? Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is it, look up here, is it God's will for every disciple to make more disciples? I thought that was just for some special folks. This is one of many, many verses, right? You don't, it's, this does not mean everybody's a preacher, not everybody's a pastor, not everybody is a quote-unquote evangelist. No. Every one of us, if we're following Jesus, we're called to help others follow Jesus. Yes? Okay. God, use me. God, so we know it's his will. Number two, we ask, God, use me to make disciples for you. But then what do we got to go do? Go look for them. Go make an effort to find them. Let's do Proverbs 18.22 just because it's fun. This is especially for men. Ladies, you can, you can apply it to yourself, and uh, kind of. But i got to talk to the dudes. All of you that, all of you, all of you boys and men that want to be married one day. It says the man who finds a wife. Finds a treasure and receives favor from the Lord. A man who what? Who finds. What do you have to do to find something? You got to be looking. Let me just say this. If something comes to you. That you weren't necessarily sure it was the will of God. And you weren't really asking. You weren't really looking for it. Just because it came. Hey. Watch out. Just because she came. Just because he came. Along. There's other proverbs about that. Like an animal dragged off. Right? Read more Proverbs. Just because something came to you, careful to first discern the will of God. Was it his will? Were you even asking for it? (laughs) Yeah? But I I know some, uh, listen, I've I've been been at at this for a while. I've been in youth ministry. I've been in college ministry. I know a lot of guys that want to get married, and they're asking God. But to find her, you have to be Looking. Okay. Are we understanding this, this progression? I find out the will of God, and then I ask him for it, and then I seek it. i got to actually make an effort to find it. But then the final one 
Is it okay? Can you give me just a few more minutes so we can finish knock today? All right? All right. Then, listen, if you know what the answer is and where it is, then do something about it. That's what knock is. Come on, number four is knock. Will, ask, seek, knock. Wask. It's not a word, but we're making it a word. Come on, everybody, say wask. Sounds like something Elmer Fudd would say, right? Wask. Waskily wabbit, all right? If you want to know how faith works, remember Elmer Fudd. Wask, all right? Waskily wabbit. Will, ask, seek, knock. Knock, right? We got a knock. Knock means we have to do something about what we find. It has to do with persistence. It ha- we listen. You only knock on a door and keep knocking if you're sure somebody's home. I don't know. Have you ever hidden from somebody knocking on the door? I do it often. I do it often. Liz gets on to me. You open the door. Be nice. I'm like, I already saw who through the window who it is. I don't want to open the door. It's never been none of y'all. Don't worry. All right. I know what a salesman looks like. I know what a cult person, sometimes I open that door and we have a conversation. Sometimes I don't because it's just not the right time. All right. But the point is, if you go to somebody's house, not sure if they're home and you start knocking, if they don't answer the first couple of times, you'll, I guess they're not home. But if you saw movement... If you saw a lamp turn off, you're like, it's not one of those knock on, knock off. No, somebody's in there. I'm sure of it. You only keep knocking if you know somebody's there. How sure can we be the answer is theirs if we've asked for it? If we're looking for it. If we found we know the answer is behind door number three. It's in there. I know it's in there. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think the answer is there. I know the answer is there. I know it was his will. I know he heard me when I asked. I've been looking for it, and I found it. It's right there, and I am going to get it. We got to knock. Come on, let's go to Luke 11 for our last passage of the day. I love this. Help me, Jesus. Too many bookmarks in this Bible. All right. Luke 11, we're going to read 5 through 13, and you're about to see something that repeated from Matthew in Luke, but with sort of an illustration. Ready? Starting with verse 5. Then teaching more about prayer, Jesus used his, this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. Some of y'all already like, nope. <laughs> Wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, hey, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. And I have nothing for him to eat. Suppose he calls out from his bedroom, bro, don't bother me. The door's locked for the night. And my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake if you keep knocking long enough. How many of you think when Jesus told this, people were laughing? Mm Mm-hmm. 
because we can all think of this, right? If you knock long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. We'll come back to this. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you'll find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, what? Receives. Everyone who seeks, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, do you give them a a snake instead? Or if they ask you for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who what? Who ask. It always comes back to that. Got to ask. Got to ask. That's right. Now, if you are going to persistently knock, you've got to be convinced. Because sometimes I give up. And I realized I probably wasn't all that convinced. I wasn't convinced enough that it really was his will, that what I had asked for and I had sought out and I found it, maybe I wasn't all that convinced. Because if you're going to knock and knock and knock and knock and keep on knocking, you got to be convinced that the answer is behind that door. I just want to go back to this story, okay? And Jesus, is, Jesus used these stories for us to sort of get a, a picture of what this, how, how it works. This is how faith works, okay? I want you to imagine your friend Billy Bob shows up at midnight, unexpected. They were just passing through Atlanta and got sleepy, and they needed a place to sleep, and so they got to your house, and you're like, oh, of course, come on in. The guest bedroom is, the sheets are clean, come on in. And Billy Bob's like, yo, I'm hungry. Taco Bell was closed. (laughs) Not at midnight, but, yeah. Let's say it's 4 a.m. Taco Bell was closed. Even Jimmy John's was closed. They, they sat real late too, right? Even Insomnia Cookies had no more cookies. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten all day. You're like, <sighs> open the pantry. Like, my kids ate everything. But, My next door neighbor, Mabel. I know Mabel's got bread because I saw her coming in with the Publix bag earlier today. (laughs) With with three big old loaves of French bread sticking out the top of the bag. I know she's got bread. All right. I'll be right back, Billy Bob. Billy Bob, what is your problem? What you doing in my house at 4 a.m.? Mabel, my friend, showed up, and Taco Bell was closed, and they're starving. I saw you this afternoon come in from Publix, and you had a bunch of bread. Can I just have some bread to give him a snack before he goes to bed? in my nightgown. And George is in bed in his underwear. And the kids are saying, if you knock again, you're going to wake my kids up and then we really have a problem. Go on home. I'll give you some bread in the morning.
ไรครับว h a t Just woke everybody up. Go on. They can they can sleep on an empty stomach. They'll be all right. I'll help you out with breakfast. But maybe they're hungry. I told you, go home. I am not putting on my pants and my sweater. It's cold to open the door. Here's your bread. <laughs> If Billy Bob could trust his grouchy neighbor Mabel, he knew that if he could, if he knocked enough, she'd get tired of it and finally give him what he was asking for. Our God is not Mabel. Even grouchy neighbors, who you wake up in the middle of the night, will give you what you ask for if you knock long and hard enough. How much more, our Father, who doesn't ever sleep, who always has the answer, who's always willing. To open the door, how much more can we expect the door to open if we just don't give up knocking? But we have to be convinced of Him and His heart, and His character, and His love for us, and His ability to provide what we're asking for, what we're seeking. This is persistence. Persistence. Don't just ask and seek for a little bit. Ask and seek until you find it. When you find, don't let go of it. Don't let go of it until it's yours. That's how faith works. If you found where the answer is. And you know the answer is in there. Just keep knocking, because Jesus said, "Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds." But you got to be seeking, right? But once you found it, once you found the answer, everyone who knocks, what happens to that door? It opens. It will be opened. We can trust God. Come on, say wask. Will, ask, seek, knock. Let's do it again. Will, ask, seek, knock. We have to understand God's will. Then we have to what? Ask for it. When we ask, we believe He hears us and gives the answer. So, what do we start doing? Seeking it out. When we find it, we have to knock, do something about it. I just want to challenge you with something today. This, this is, listen. Got to hear this. This is a call to action. What have you been praying for? Listen. What have you been asking for? According to God's will, you know it's God's will. It's 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 in His Word. Holy Spirit shown it to you. Maybe even been confirmed by others. Something that's just so clear in His Word. Okay, God wants me this for me. 
been asking for it, or maybe you haven't been asking for it, start asking for it. But I want to challenge you this week to get out there and look for the answers to the prayers you've been asking the Father. Be confident that the answer is out there. And go find it. Go look for it. And then knock on that door until it opens. Grab a hold of it. Grab a hold of that promise. Grab a hold of that answer. Until it's yours. Just very briefly, I want to ask if everyone would just close your eyes. We're going to avoid any distractions. No going in and out right now. Just for a minute, okay? Everyone just close your eyes. Bow your head. We're almost done. And I know... Pastor Liz already kind of led us in this, but I just want to make sure one more time, if anyone is here today and you have not been born again, you've not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the first, the, 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 where faith begins is salvation. Where the life of faith begins is knowing for sure that your sins are forgiven, that you're saved, that you're going to heaven, that you have eternal life. The first step is to have your relationship with God restored. And so just if today you're here or you're listening to this, okay, if you're here in the house especially, you need to give your life to Jesus. Listen, two, two reasons. Number one, maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Today he wants to forgive you. He wants to set you free from your sins. He wants to give you a new life. Or if, if you have received Jesus before, but you've been backslidden, you, you, you've grown far from God, and today you want to come back to Him. If today you want to make a decision to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, if that's anybody in the house, would you just pop your hand up real quick and wave at me say, that's me. If you need to give your life, praise the Lord. Anybody else say, that's me, I want to give my life to Jesus. Whether it's the first time, all right, whether it's the first time, or rather you're making a decision to Come back to God. Rededicate your life to Him. Is that anybody else? Say, that's me. All right. I see you. Who else says, that's me? I kind of feel in my, in, in, in my heart that there's another person that says, that's me. I, I sense maybe there's somebody who's, you know, you've, you've believed in Jesus before, but you know you've been far from Him, and you need to really make a decision to come back to Him today. Is that anybody? If that's you, would you just wave at me? All right, that's good. All right, anybody else? Say, that's me. Several people. Anybody else? Say, that's me. All right? Very good. Woo, I feel like there's one more. Okay. Very good. I think that was it. And if that was you, and you didn't raise your hand, that's all right. I want us to all together as a family pray this prayer together, okay? And it's not just repeating my words. You need to tell it to Jesus with your whole heart. Come on, let's say, Lord Jesus Christ, today, even right now, I turn away from my sin, my sinful life, and I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean of all my sin. I believe you paid the price to forgive me, Jesus, when you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose from the dead and you broke the power of sin forever to set me free. Jesus, I call on you today. Set me free. Set me free from my sins. Jesus, instead of me being my Lord, Today, I make you my Lord. I want to follow you the rest of my life. Jesus, save me. Jesus, set me free. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 
Let's all give the Lord Jesus a big hand for that today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.